Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Josie Kerrigan. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that God has called you to do. And we are going to get into the Word today. If, if you were here two weeks ago, Brad spoke about being kings and priests. How many of you guys heard that message? Awesome, because this is kind of a follow-up, almost like a series, like the next step in that kings and priests message. And I think it's very key for our church family and what God is doing in our midst and for us personally. And so if you haven't heard that message, I would strongly encourage you to go back on our YouTube page or on our podcast and listen to that. I'm not going to recap the whole message, but he spoke from Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, where it says that God has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father, or other translations say he has made us kings and priests. And Brad talked about how we are not one or the other, but we are both kings and priests in our walk with the Lord, and how a lot of times kingship we think about as wisdom and authority and like when we think about church settings when we talk about kingship here as a culture at uncommon church we're talking about making sure that we turn the lights on and that we have systems to follow up when people get born again and that we have a registration page for when you're wanting to join a you group so that we create wisdom and order and like have systems to contain what god is doing and when we're talking about being a priest we're talking about the anointing and power and move of the holy spirit Spirit. And one of the terms or allegories that the Bible uses for this is that the systems and the kingship, if you will, is like a wineskin. And then what God pours out inside of it is new wine. And so we need to not be so in love with our wineskin and our systems and the way we want things just so that we get stuck in an old wineskin when God is wanting to pour out new wine because it cannot be contained inside of an old wineskin. So that's where I'm going to pick up today. And I want to just quote one of the things that Brad says. He said, your kingdom will be limited by your priesthood, and your priesthood won't stay longer than your kingdom has established systems for it to handle. That is how we experience long-term revival. We have to have the systems to manage what God is doing. And so with that in mind, I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to just kind of take a deep dive into some of the, this chapter goes into kingship and priesthood, it goes into wisdom and power in such a beautiful way, and I want us to just kind of look deeply into what God wants for our church and how we can operate, how we can function as a New Testament church and operate both as kings and priests. Could you just throw up the slide of... 1 Corinthians 2, look at all the times that wisdom and spirit is mentioned in this chapter. Can you sense a theme of what God is trying to reveal to the church in Corinth or what Paul is writing to the church in Corinth? Now, we're not going to go through all of it today, so don't get overwhelmed. We're going to focus on just these couple of verses, but we're going to go through them and we're going to see what God has for us. So let's begin in verse 2. And it says this, and so it was with me, and when we're talking about me, this is Paul. Paul was writing this letter. He was the uh, apostle that had come to the city of Corinth, and he had started this church, the Corinthian church. And they had some problems with their order of service. They had some problems with the power of the Holy Spirit. They had some problems with both their kingship and their priesthood. And so Paul's like, I'm going to write this letter. I'm going to help you guys out to see how it's supposed to function. So I think it applies to us today as well. So Paul says, so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, 
I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. Listen, Paul clearly points out he didn't come with wisdom. Like over here, it's almost like he's dogging the king. Like it wasn't about head knowledge when I came to you. I wasn't speaking wise words. So how did he come? He says, my message and my preaching was not with wise. He repeats it again. It was not with wise and persuasive words, but it was what? A demonstration of the Spirit's power. Why was that? So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So when we're reading this, it seems pretty clear that wisdom, which I'm going to put over here in the king category, this whole side of the stage is king stage, okay? And this whole side over here is priesthood spirit stage. And so, yeah, they're excited over here. Hey, but here's the thing. So he's kind of dogging wisdom. He's kind of dogging the the, the kingship over here. But why was that? Because he didn't want us to rest on human wisdom. He's not talking about God's wisdom. He's talking about human wisdom. And often when we operate in our kingship, we have a hard time distinguishing between godly wisdom, supernatural wisdom, and man's wisdom. And it's easy to fall into man's wisdom. And I think I know how to order what God wants to do. I think I want to see it happen this way. Okay? We can tend to do that. And so Paul said, when I came, I was not arguing with wise words, but I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I want to just jump over to 1 Corinthians 4.20, and it says this, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it is living by God's power. We cannot operate as a church with only the king side of the stage because the kingdom of God is about power. It's about spirit. We need both. So back into Corinthians 2, well, let's let's look at verse 4 again because I want to just highlight this. I feel like the church in America or the West in general we've gotten this a little bit backwards because we think that when people come in that don't know Jesus, if we could just explain to them about him, then they would understand and they would enter in here into the kingship side of like, oh, I understand now. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you grew up in church, you know the Roman road, like you lead somebody with your wise words. But the word of God says, and Paul wrote to the church, that he didn't come with wise words. He came with a demonstration of power. And where does the power come from? From the Holy Spirit. But somehow, the enemy has tricked us into thinking, if we can put Holy Spirit over here, we stick him in the drum cage, so people that don't know God won't notice him at first, and we'll invite them into the king side of the stage and explain to them how it all works. And then later, once they've been introduced to Jesus, we can slowly ease them over and show them a little bit that we have this thing called power over here on this side of the stage that might have freaked them out at first, but somehow we can maybe show them it and it's going to be okay and they'll still stick with Jesus. But when Paul came, he said, I didn't come with this. I started here. I came with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So we wouldn't lean on our own understanding when it came to our salvation. So we need to be kings and priests. All right, on to the next verse. So he's been talking about, it's all about power. It's all about power. I didn't come with wisdom. But then it says this in verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom. So he's like, it is about wisdom. It's not just about power, it's also about wisdom. When does he bring in wisdom? Among the mature. 
See, again, it's that flip side. We don't start over here. He's like, once you've experienced the power of God and the Holy Spirit has baptized you into Jesus and you know whose you are, now we can dig into the wisdom of God and the deeper things of the Lord. So your wisdom grows. What is it? Know, grow, do, right? We know God, and then we can grow in wisdom. So he says, we speak a message of wisdom among the mature. And here it is, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. A mystery that's been hidden. Stick with me here because I want to read about God's wisdom because there is a difference between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. A mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for who? For us, for our glory before time began. And this is what I want to get to. Verse 10, if we skip down a little bit, these things, the wise things, God's wisdom, the mystery that's been hidden, has been revealed to us by His Spirit. So here it is, the message of wisdom among the mature is not the wisdom of this age, it's God's wisdom, which is a mystery. God's wisdom is a mystery. The Word of God says that His ways are so much higher than our ways that even our wisdom is foolishness in Him. So His wisdom is a mystery that's been hidden, but it was revealed to us. How? By the Spirit of God. In order to operate as kings, we need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it's just man's wisdom. And there is this misconception that operating over here takes the Holy Spirit, and operating over here is just if you're smart. This has nothing to do with smart. This is supernatural wisdom. We're talking about mysteries of the kingdom of God that God wants to reveal to us through his Holy Spirit. When a king is anointed his nation prospers, right? We need to be anointed to walk in kingship, to rule and reign here on the earth. And that, what it, who, who anoints? It's the Holy Spirit that anoints. So both king and priest comes through the Holy Spirit. Wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit and power comes from the Holy Spirit. Order and system comes by the Holy Spirit, if they're from God. And the power and the presence and the glory comes through the Holy Spirit because he's God on earth. So we need him so desperately. And sometimes we think it's just one or the other, but God's wisdom comes by his spirit. Let's read on in verse 10. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the person's thoughts except his own spirit, lowercase s. Like, my, the spirit within me knows what I'm thinking. It's like my soul. It's like the Holy Spirit like, knows God's heart. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received, we've received this. Not the spirit of this world, but the spirit that is from God. So if we are believers in Christ who have been born again and then filled with the Holy Spirit, we have received the Spirit that is from God, who knows the mind of God and the mysteries of God. And then skip down to verse 16, and this is the last portion before we get into the rest of this. We have, because we have received the Spirit of God, we have the mind of Christ. Look at this. I think sometimes we just think 
Because there is a verse that says we should renew our mind by the washing of the word. And that is true, because we can get into wrong thought patterns, and we do need to do that. But sometimes I think we believe we have the mind of Christ only if we have recited a certain Bible verse a million times over. I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. I can do all things. Then we feel like we have renewed our mind to have the mind of Christ. No, the mind of Christ is a supernatural impartation through the Holy Spirit that actually imparts from the Spirit of God, who knows the wisdom of God, into our minds can you imagine that like being filled with the spirit is not just all about power it's also about wisdom we need the holy spirit to be kings and to operate as priests to minister to the lord and to minister to the people around us and so here's the cool part of this both wisdom and power comes from the holy spirit but that mind of christ thing the spirit of god remember when luke was here a couple of weeks ago and he talked about how you could dream and invent things that is the spirit of wisdom that is God knows all things the Holy Spirit knows all things because he is the Spirit of God so he can reveal to us things that no man has ever known that's part of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of wisdom and he can show you things you can invent things like looking back through history at all these things that were invented supernaturally by believers who were filled with the spirit and had no clue what they were inventing like drawing diagrams and then trying to figure out what is it and it was you know a cure to a disease or an invention that helped all of the world so the spirit of wisdom is not just for like in church should we have a registration page what's temperature should we set the spirit of wisdom and the, the operating as a king is for every day for believers all the time. Whatever field God has placed you in, you are to both be anointed and operate in power and preach the gospel with, you know, signs and wonders following, and you are to have supernatural wisdom that nobody else can even understand where your ideas are coming from. That is ours. That is our right as believers, but we just don't, I don't think we have a clue how much is available to us and so we don't walk in it and again the enemy has done such a ploy on the body of Christ where it's like Holy Spirit can be over there in the drum cage I have enough wisdom to operate over here and we have enough Holy Spirit fuzzies in worship to feel like we have power and so like we miss out on the spirit filled life of the believer because we are meant to be spirit-filled kings and spirit-filled priests in every room that we walk into that is our calling so let's look let's look at kings and priests let's look at king first what does a king do and Brad mentioned some of these things a king walks in authority you know God has called us to rule and reign a king operates in wisdom with order and systems they put up laws and govern their nation well so that it can prosper right it protects people they reign and they rule and they advance their kingdom they take territory for their kingdom. That is the wineskin that contains the move of God. And then the priest, what did the priest do in the Old Testament? The priest handles the anointing. In the New Testament, they handle the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, the presence of God. Only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies. The priest could minister in the holy presence of the Lord. And now we are all priests in Christ. And a priest advances the kingdom. They have the same job. Like, 
we are not opposing each other. These are not two different teams playing against each other. Like, will I go to a king church? Will I go to a priest church? We love the presence more. No, we have better systems. Like, it's not meant to be like that because for a nation to prosper and for the kingdom of God to prosper, we actually need both kings and priests and we both need to operate in both anointings, each and every one of us. What is that verse? It says a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And so the enemy is like, if I just can get them to take sides, they won't realize the power they have if they actually worked together. If you look in the Old Testament, a priest would anoint the king. And that is what actually made a king established in his kingdom. There are stories about like Samuel anointed David king, but then one of David's sons, he went and he tried to establish himself as king. And that did not last because David and his high priest anointed Solomon instead and the other one came to nothing. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to anoint our kingship to advance the kingdom of God. So I want to look at because the church in Corinth had a little bit of trouble in both of these areas. I don't know if you've read all of Corinthians or if you know the history of it, but Corinth was a city that sprung up very, very quickly. There had been a city, but it had been leveled, and then there were a bunch of um, wealthy warriors that the Roman Empire sent over and said, you can have this little piece of land, because I think the Caesar was threatened by them, so he's like, go create your own little place over there. And Corinth had a lot of wealth, but not a lot of aristocracy or orders, um, orders or rules or government established. Instead, it became known for indulging in whatever whim you might have. It had the more, most prostitutes, it had the temple to Aphrodite, it had orgies, and if people had babies, a lot of times they would kill them because it was not a place that valued family because they were all about self and pleasure and just indulging whatever they wanted to do. And then Paul came and he demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit and he started this church. And so there were people who were just out for indulging themselves. And they now had, you can see in the book of Corinth, they had experienced salvation, they had been water baptized, and they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's what God has for every believer. We teach that here at Uncommon. You know, we want you to say yes to Jesus, then get baptized in water, and then we pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so they had the power of the Holy Spirit. They had been established as priests. But they were using the gifts of the Spirit like in such a selfish way. There was no order in their services. And so the gifts of the Spirit would start manifesting and everybody would prophesy all at the same time and they would like hurt each other with their prophetic words. And then they would start praying in tongues and like there was no order or interpretation. And so Paul's like, oh my goodness, I need to teach you guys how to operate in some kingship over here. They would have... Um, they called it, you know, they would gather together to eat and the rich people would eat all the food and actually get drunk before they would take communion. They were not operating in order. And Paul was like, you know what? This church is so unhealthy that as a matter of fact, it's better you don't meet. It's better you don't get together because you're doing too much damage to one another, like prophesying and being mean and ignoring the poor and just taking the Lord's Supper in vain. Like, this is not good. Our church is, is not like that. I'm not saying that at all. But the thing is, because of them being in such a mess, Paul really just gets to the root of some of these things and teaches them how to operate both as kings and as priests. And we see it in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul goes through all the gifts of the Spirit. 
which is the prophetic words and words of healing and tongues and interpretation of tongues and the gift of faith and all this stuff is all listed. You can, it'll be homework. Read that chapter. And then he says this, because what did they have a problem with in Corinth? They were lovers of self. They were not walking in love. And so he goes into 1 Corinthians 13 and he talks about love. And he says, listen, you can operate in all these gifts, but if you do not love and honor one another, because love is kind, love is patient, love is not boastful, it doesn't seek your own good. It's of no use. The power of the Holy Spirit will not serve you if you cannot love one another. And then he came in and he said, I also need to establish some order. And this is in 1 Corinthians 14 where he says, listen, one of you prophesy at a time. Everybody gets to eat. You know, he just gave them some direction. He established kingship in that church. He gave them some systems and processes. Here is how you should have service so that it's not so chaotic. And God can move in power and in wisdom. So I want to look at just two pitfalls that I feel like is so important as we're walking into this new season of a new wineskin as a church family. With king, kings operate in authority, right? And I've heard it said, there, I don't even know who said it, but it said that the best government is a great king because he has the ultimate authority. So if he's amazing, like if, if God came and was king of the United States, it would be amazing. But the worst government is a bad king because if you have a bad king that can do whatever he wants, it's horrible because a king has authority. So over here on the king's side, what do we need so a king doesn't become a horrible dictator? We need love. In our kingship, when we are anointed as kings to rule and reign and have authority, we've got to love people. We've got to love people. We've got to love people well. We've got to honor people. And as God is giving you authority, make sure that it's walking in love. Over here on the priest side, and I think we've all seen this in the body of Christ, where there's gifts of the Spirit that are poured out, when there's anointing, when there's miracles and signs and wonders. What do we need in order to walk in that well? We need holiness. We need holiness and character, the fruit of the Spirit, to carry the gifts of the Spirit. Otherwise, a priest will fall. We see that in the Old Testament. You know, Eli was one of the famous priests in the Old Testament, and he did not raise his family well. They dishonored the presence and the temple of God, and he was sitting on a chair, and he literally fell over and died. And we see ministers and churches and ministries fall because of sin. They're handling the presence of God. Christians handling just every member is a minister. I'm not just talking about pastors. Every member is a minister and you as a minister handling the anointing and the gifts and the presence of God and ministering in your workplace, ministering to your family. We cannot handle the presence of God and hold on to sin at the same time. We need holiness in order to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is what I feel like God is saying today. He wants us to be raised up as kings and priests and he's wants to pour out more of his spirit and even as we're in this season of rebuilding our wineskin to accommodate and make room for what he's wanting to do we've got to walk in love and holiness or it will not stand it will burn because we need supernatural wisdom and supernatural power 
You know, I said earlier that a priest anoints the king. And I think it's important to recognize that when we're in the presence of a holy God, like worship earlier this morning, our head has to be lower than our heart. If you look in the Bible, when people come into the presence of God, they fall on their face. Like Martha, when she came and her brother had died, she came before Jesus and, and Mary, I mean, she bowed down. Martha just reasoned up here with human understanding, but Mary said the same words, but she fell at his feet and it says it moved the heart of Jesus. It moves the heart of God. He moves in response to our adoration. When our head is lower than our heart, this kingship gets anointed by the Spirit of God. As the worship team comes up, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom. And it can be little things. Like the other day we were selling, or it was weeks ago now, we were selling this, the bus, the church bus, and we couldn't find the keys. And the person who was buying it had already arrived. And so literally, and, and Josh Martinez was there, I was like, Holy Spirit, show us where the keys are. And two seconds later, there they were. Like we just knew where they were. He knows all things. He knows how to build the best systems and he knows how to invent things. And then he also moves in power and he gives prophetic words. You know, the answer to the Corinthian church and all of their mess and all of their disorder was not, well, stop moving in the power of the spirit. Let's put away the gifts because you guys can't handle them and let's stop meeting. No, Paul said, you need to add love and you need to add order, and you need to live holy. We can't have this just sexuality that's running rampant where people are sleeping with one another. There was a man who was sleeping with his stepmom, and Paul was like, no, you need to live holy in order to handle the gifts of the Spirit. And you cannot dishonor one another, you have to walk in love. But instead, when we see a mess in the church, a lot of times we're like, well, if we just put Holy Spirit over there in a corner and we could just come in and act normal so nobody gets freaked out, everything will be okay. And God's like, no, I actually want to rid you of sin and I want you to walk in love and then I want you to walk in power. Would you hop up on your feet? And I want to talk about those three things that I mentioned earlier. Salvation, which we already covered today. Baptism in water, which we already covered today. We had a baptism. And then thirdly, the thing that God has for every single person that is born again, and we see it throughout the whole Testament, is the Holy Spirit. And we need him to be wise and have order and to be a king. And we need him for presence, for anointing, for the power of God to be released through us and in us. I'm gonna read three verses about the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking. Well, it's Luke writing it, which by the way, Luke, he was very smart. He was a doctor. Like the person who wrote the most about the Holy Spirit was probably the smartest disciple, let's be honest. So he was very much operating as a king bent, but he was not afraid of the power of the Holy Spirit and he wrote, once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Jesus says that God has promised us a gift. So what was that gift? As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus knew that in order to do what we're supposed to do, we needed the Holy Spirit to help us operate as kings and priests here on the earth and advance the kingdom of God. He says, drop down to verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling all people about me everywhere. The mission of our church, the win of Uncommon Church, is that people are born again. Salvation is our win. But this verse shows us we need the Holy Spirit in order to do that. Because it's the Holy Spirit that draws people and actually transforms their hearts. We receive power to be witnesses through the Holy Spirit. So who is this promise that Jesus was talking about? Who is it for? In the next chapter, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the first group of believers that were gathered in the upper room. Most of you know the story, and the Holy Spirit fills them. They started speaking in other tongues. And then it says in verse 39, this promise, and he's referring to the Holy Spirit that was poured out, is for you, the ones who were there, your children, and to those far away, and to all who have been called by our Lord. It's for all of us. If anybody's ever told you that you cannot operate in the power of the Holy Spirit or have the wisdom of God, they're lying. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is for all of us. And God says that it's a gift. He wants to give it to us. But you know what you have to do with a gift? You have to receive it. <laughs> if somebody gives you a gift and you don't open it, what good is it, right? What if at Christmas you just left all the gifts under the tree? Luke, again, writes in Luke eleven thirteen. it says, If sinful people, Jesus said this, know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, His promised gifts, to all who ask Him? Everybody who asks, that's who can have the Holy Spirit and operate as a king and as a priest. I want us to eagerly desire and welcome and embrace the Holy Spirit because it's through Him that we can do what God's called us to do as a church family and in our individual lives. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as not being drunk with wine, but being drunk with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it does look a little crazy, but He draws people to Himself. And you know, if you got drunk last week, and you haven't drank since, you're probably sober by now. Sometimes we get filled with the Holy Spirit, but we get a little dry, and we need a fresh outpouring. We don't get rebaptized necessarily, but we get refilled, like we get that flame lit again. And if you've walked with God for some time, you know what I'm talking about. And I believe this morning that God wants to refill those who have gotten a little bit dry. You got a little too sober in the Spirit. <laughs> And he wants to fill for the very first time some of us that didn't even know there are so many stories in the in the new testament but they were like we didn't even know there was a holy spirit there were believers that didn't know they had only been baptized in water and then the apostles came and they said no 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 it's for you too let us lay hands on you and you'll be baptized in the holy spirit and every time the spirit of god came so if you want more of the holy spirit because you feel like you're a little bit dry or if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time, I'm not even going to have our prayer team come, but I want you to come forward if you want more of the Holy Spirit. You just come right up here. Yeah, come on, come on. Come on. Hopefully that's all of us. But if you feel like this is your day, 
when you for the first time or you want to get filled back up I want you to come forward and I'm gonna pray over all of you thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit he wants to give us good gifts and the Holy Spirit is a gift that he wants to give you just fill on in there's more room here just squeeze on in thank you God thank you Lord for your Holy Spirit hurry on up and we're gonna pray thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you father oh you're a good good father who wants to give good gifts to your children we thank you for your Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit that you will pour out on all who believe and receive Holy Spirit come we welcome we welcome we love you we honor you come 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 and Thank you, Lord. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us in this room today. Thank you, Father. All right, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. We're going to do a couple of things in here. If you are not up here and you are on our prayer team, while they're praying, I just want you to go stand over here um, behind the Jesus wall, behind Jesus wall and baptismal prayer team, make your way over there. Everybody that's up here though, focus on me and I'm going to pray and you're going to repeat after me and we're going to say a prayer to receive the Holy Spirit and he's going to come and he's going to fill you. And after we've prayed, I'm going to have the worship team sing and ask the Holy Spirit to fall over you. And then as you, as, as we linger in those for a few more minutes, then I'm going to ask you to walk over by the prayer team and they're going to lay hands on you because the Holy Spirit comes through the laying on of hands. We see that in scripture. So let's start by praying. Say, Father God, I want the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have for me. I receive the Holy Spirit in my life right now fill me Lord to overflowing with the Spirit of God in Jesus name amen amen father God I ask right now for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit I thank you father that you hear and that when we pray and we say yes to your Holy Spirit you fill us so God I pray right now that you baptize every one of these men and women for the first time or with a fresh outpouring that you fill 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 with your spirit oh God pour it out Jesus just like in the upper room that you would come and rest that you would dwell that you would dwell in us and on us that you would empower us to be your witnesses we make room for you Holy Spirit and we honor you we honor you oh we cry out for you we would become more undignified than this we're not ashamed of you we're not embarrassed about you. We want more of you, Holy Spirit. Come, come, come with the glory of God. Come with the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.